obviously another nail biter down to the finish. We are here previewing or or um what do we call that? Breaking down the the Bears Falcons game. Uh, I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46. I'm joined alongside Brandon Suarez um, at Beaton 300 and Duke Coughlin at that pod guy Duke. You can go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. Um. I mean, man, there was a lot to unpack in this uh, this Falcons game, man. There, there's so much to start with. Um, but let's start with the bad first, because at the end of the day, the Bears, I'm going to remind you, too, the Bears are still 3-0, and as fraudulent as it may be. I'm, I'm getting a lot of 2006 vibes, to be honest, where you're just like, this record is going to be better than this team for sure. But let's start with the bad, and then we'll roll into the good. Um, obviously, Mitchell Trubisky gets benched today. Now, some of us may think the timing of it wasn't great, um, but I'll let one of you guys take it away, whoever wants to go for it more. All right. So, uh, you know, I, I, dude, I think I speak for all of us and we all say that we really wanted Mitch to succeed. You know what I mean? I think we all really like Mitchell Jabisky, the guy. We all think he has talent. You know, we, we, we've all definitely put our meat on the table for Mitchell Jabisky. Man. I just don't understand the timing of this move. Like I understand how, uh, I understand how you want to play Nick Foles, dude. I think I, you know, maybe that's the move. Maybe that's the right move. Maybe that's the move we should have made from the very beginning. You know, um, maybe, maybe Ryan Pace did have something to do with who was starting quarterback week one, you know, because there was a lot of speculation about that. I just, I really don't like the timing of it. I think, I think if anything happens Nick, at this point, it's Nick Foles. Like we have to go with Nick Foles. Like we, I don't think we have a choice. I think even if Nick Foles goes out there and like shits the bed next week, I, we, I don't think we can go back to Mitch. I think by doing this in the middle of a game off of a bad interception, like that was, I think Mitch's confidence is shot and I don't think he can rebound with it, man. I think, I think, I think we see Mitchell Trubisky in a new Bears in a new uniform next year. And uh, I think if he ends up playing again because of an injury or anything like that, I just don't think we're going to get near any product, any production from him. I word it's Nick Foles, baby. This is where we're at. I don't agree with the timing, but I think it's, it's, it's the move. We're all just going to have to accept. Yeah. Um, just to echo that, I think like, you know, a lot of people understand that Mitchell Trubisky is a cool dude. Uh, good dude. It seems like definitely good for the community, but, um, the move was made and, and, you know, it's, it's very clear that, um, there was a little bit of premedit, like a, a bit of a premeditated feel to it because I get it. He was struggling. He was, you know, uh, 13 to 22 going into that or 13 of, uh, what it was a 13 to 21 before he threw that pick. It was a rough, rough, rough pick, man. That was like very inopportune. Um, you know, there's a couple things that I, I'm not going to sit here and defend Trubisky, but there was a couple of drives that I felt like were derailed by penalties on both sides of the ball. And we'll get into the defensive ones a little bit more. Um, and also single back was not working today. Um, and Dave Montgomery was getting blown up in the backfield. We were starting, you know, we we're getting in second and 17 type situations. Um, so I don't think he was predominantly set up to, succeed but at the end of the day like you said nick's the guy like we are bears fans before we are mitchell trubisky fans we tried to like 
have him put his meat on the table. We, in my opinion, I was trying to will this guy to being uh, an incredible talent. Obviously, it didn't work out, but for me, I like that route because it's like you're the positive route. You're positive about Mitchell Trubisky while he's in, and now you're positive about Nick Foles. Um, you know, people will will say like you choose one side or the other. Of course, I chose the Mitchell Trubisky side. But I never like took anything away from Nick Foles. I just said, I think you know what you're going to get with him. And we did see going down the stretch, there were some underthrown balls. There weren't some great. And, you know, you got to give him a couple weeks to settle in, right? He got thrown in at a weird time. And I agree. I thought it was a strange time to bench Mitch. Um, but, you know, there is kind of this theme with the offense right now that we are coming back. We're getting points and bursts. And and even though Nick Foles, like, took a quarter to warm up, he did look good. Um, it seemed to me like the wide receivers were making more plays for Nick Foles. Like, granted, there was the drop touchdown. Granted, got, uh, A-Rob got stripped. But he also had a really nice play along the sidelines where he caught a hitch route, booked it, broke a couple tackles. So, um, at the end of the day, we love you, Mitch. We love you, but um, it's it's time to move on. You know what I mean? And I think, like, you know, I kind of want to also echo what Duke was saying, how much of Ryan Pace did influence this. I, I wanted to be naive and think that he didn't influence a lot of it, but it's it, I think with the way the move was made, it's kind of clear that um, Nagy was waiting for an opportunity, and this was it. Yeah, so for me, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, obviously, we wanted to see the kids succeed. In the first half, like you said, there was some inopportune play calls, obviously some drop passes and some missed passes. But at the end of the day, like Duke said, I mean, it was the wrong time and the right time to do it. And I'm going to tell you why. So, like, the wrong time is is that locker room's probably divided right now. Like, the media is going to absolutely shit down his throat uh, if they haven't already. Um and I would assume know, they're currently shitting. Yeah, they're currently shitting. Yeah, PM. They're, they're excreting vast amounts of bowel movements down his throat right now. But <laughs> he fucking dirt. But down. like, but like, if you look at it like this, bro, like the Bears won the game. Just win, baby. Like it. It was not pretty. It was definitely an ugly win. But the Bears also should have scored like fifty points. They had two touchdowns taken off the board. Um, Allen Robinson. I'm sorry for my tweet, but. I I was just like very very down at the point I was down bad and I'm like you gotta pull that in you you know you're fighting for this extension and you need to leave everything out there on the field and I think he made up for it in a very big way because that touchdown was big time and that was textbook Allen Robinson yards after the catch uh, one thing I do know that I don't think we've mentioned yet but Tariq Cohen torn ACL so yeah I mean the report hasn't come out but it just did it. Oh, yeah, did it come out? out. It's yeah. torn. Yeah, it seemed that our condolences go out to Tariq. It's very unfortunate so timing. Dude. Please, let's not throw Tariq under the bus. The guy's yeah. been a fucking complete. Um, he, he's been durable. He's been extremely durable throughout his career. That was a freak thing. You saw as it happened right when he reached for his knee. I think we all yeah, kind of yeah, knew. Yeah. yeah, you knew it was torn. And if it wasn't torn, it was it was it was damaged significantly. See, um, can I say one thing before we move on? That's yeah. why that's why Allen Robinson really wants to get fucking paid because yeah and look at Tariq look at Tariq he's if he didn't get that money Tariq Cohen would have been screwed next year bro screwed yeah that's very true and you know what it's um god it's just so unfortunate for all sides and that's the one thing I want to say is like don't don't throw Tariq Cohen under the bus if if something goes awry with this Allen Robinson extension because you know he got injured that's not like that was you know, they didn't even call it a fucking penalty. And we'll get to the officiating, as I said. Um, but there were a couple things um, like Anthony Miller, OK, made a nice play at the end of the game. Nick Foles put the ball 
right on him. But before that, fourth and 17, the Bears don't decide to kick a field goal. They decide to go for it. Anthony Miller makes a diving whatever kind of grab, um, ends up hitting the ball. They overturn it. And I'm just like, what's going on with Matt Nagy? Because this is this is what I'm getting at. I'm not going to throw Nagy under the bus for Mitchell Trubisky. They came back. They won the game in a similar fashion that they did against the Detroit Lions, realistically. If anything, Dan Quinn gave us a little bit more of a layup throwing the ball three times um, in that last series and having three incomplete so we don't have to burn one time out. We could actually run the offense the way we want. But decision-making, dude. What's going on with Matt Nagy. And this is one thing I want to see next week. And I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but first and second quarter, are we taking shots down the field? Is it really Mitchell Trubisky that's handicapping this offense? Or do we start taking more shots down the field in the first and the second quarter? Because I feel like that was lacking so much. And I feel like we've talked about it and we've harped on it. Why doesn't this offense open up until they're down a significant amount of points in the fucking fourth quarter? And, and and like I said, like I want to give it a buffer because Nick Foles came in in the third quarter with nine minutes and they really didn't start clicking until about, you know, the fourth quarter, about nine with nine minutes left to go. So I'll give like, come on, you can't expect the guy to come in and just start firing darts. But I, I want to see that in the first and second quarter next week. Is this offense opened up from the get go? Like because we need if you want to emulate what the Kansas City Chiefs do, you need to fucking throw the ball down the field. It's just that simple. Yeah, dude. And uh, that's kind of one of the bigger things I wanted to get in with Matt Nagy. And I think it's probably the main thing I want to get in with Matt Nagy is, uh, dude, if Nick Foles struggles, I really think we have nowhere else to point this blame. Like, dude, we have nowhere else. Like, where else? Where else can we honestly go, dude? We're all under the impression. Everyone has always been under the impression with this team that it is the quarterback that we're missing. That the you know that's the national narrative. The Bears are a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl team. You know that's the regional coverage. Every, any anything. That's what everyone says. The Bears are a quarterback away, dude. How long are we going to keep throwing quarterbacks to Matt Nagy, dude? If he can't make it work with Nick Foles, that proves that he can't make it work with Mitchell Trubisky as well. When are we going to start looking at him? When are we going to start taking a deeper look at what the fuck is Matt Nagy calling? And, dude, we have covered it on the show. We've covered it quite a bit, like where we're just hitting moments where it's like, Matt, what are you doing? You know, red zone offense is a big deal. And we have not been we haven't been capitalizing, dude. We didn't capitalize early in this game in the red zone. Thank God. You know, we finally did late in the game. But I think the next two weeks is going to be a great test of how how good Matt Nagy actually is at his job. You know, because he's had questionable coaching decisions. He's had situations like there was even in, in that comeback, dude, how many times were we still throwing behind the line of scrimmage that was just getting blown up, like to the point where we had to throw the ball deeper than 10 yards on third down because it was third and 10. You know what I mean? There was just situations where the play call still didn't make sense, dude. I'm happy for a win. So, you know, winning solves everything. And if we continue to win, obviously it's not going to go as far under the microscope. It's not like, you know, it's got, it's not like Matt Nagy's going to lose his job when he's undefeated, but dude, if the offense doesn't turn around with Nick Foles in here, I'm done looking at the quarterback position and I'm really looking at the head coaching position. Yeah, um, one thing I really liked that Nagy did, and it was me and Duke talked about it before they, um, before Bedon got on because he's taking his sweet-ass time logging in, um, but there was a third-down situation. Um, I feel like they were like backed up like a second-side situation. They got up to be like two two yards away, and they, they hurried it up. This is in the first half of Mitch Trubisky in the game. They hurried it up and gave uh, Tariq Cohen just a quick draw play, and he, he scampered for like 17 yards. 
that's like, we need to see more of that. Inject that into my veins. I feel like that's what this offense really is based on. And I totally understand. Like, I get the game plan. I saw what he was trying to do because we saw fucking Calvin Ridley first play just absolutely take the top off our defense. Like, they are a big play team. They have that capability. Matt Ryan can throw the deep ball. Like, so I get that they were trying to play that that clock control game, but I felt like that started wearing off. And it's like, dude, we're down by a lot. Like you need to put a little bit more tempo in it. Um, and like you were saying, like the single back, like I get that that's been kind of our bread and butter, David Montgomery rushes and stuff like that um, through the first two weeks, but it wasn't happening until Grady Jarrett left the game. Our rushing attack was God awful again this week. And it's not like we were playing world beaters. Your boy um, with that crazy name that we cannot pronounce. I'm sorry, my dude. He was actually out and he forced two fumbles last week. So that's like one of their better linebackers. They were down. And when Grady Jarrett went out, it's another thing I want to add. Nick Foles came in and played pretty well. Grady Jarrett and a uh, dude that was their corner, um, Darquez Denard, I believe, who was making plays. He had the interception on Allen Robinson. He also went out at the end of the game. So if we're going to talk like injuries and stuff, let's be fair about it. And I just think it's fair to be questioning Matt Nagy as a head coach starting now because we know what Nick Foles is, and he's a capable quarterback. He's not a world beater, but he is capable, and that's what Duke said. We needed a capable quarterback, right? That's it. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, you can't even put that interception on him today. That's a Allen Robinson interception for the second week in a row, which is unfortunate. But I think, you know, he was he's just so cool and calm, bro. Like, you can't phase Nick Foles. There was pressure. That was – you know, I don't think he got sacked today. But, like, I don't know. He just, like, in adversity and in those moments, he just elevates his game to a different level – and, like, I, I'm just very surprised. I mean, it is the Falcons, and this is what they do is blow leads. And I, I remember on Friday we talked about it. Like, let's just spot them 21 and see what happens, bro. We spotted them 16, and they could have got a lot. They could have got a lot more. We, we left a lot of points on the board. It was a sloppy game. But I think moving forward, you just got to take what you can get with this offense. You need to be able to get the easy yards so that you're not behind the sticks in third and eight and third and 10, you know, basically limiting, you know, slimming down the amount of plays that you can call them in two. It's like when you're in third and 10, all fucking game, you're going to have a stat that comes across the screen in the fourth quarter that you're like three for 11 on third, third downs. Cause that's not like you need like, boom, you need like boom plays. So I don't know. Well, it, and We saw it's like, where's the adjustment? Cause we saw what their bread and butter was like David Montgomery was that guy in the first two weeks to get them in the like second and two. And they'd have the chance like, oh, do we take a shot? What do we do? That element was taken away today. And we saw the offense kind of implode a little bit. And until a couple guys went out and the defense spread out and they're playing pre-event and just trying to keep everything in front of them, that's when we start kind of picking them apart. We're seeing a trend with this offense is all I'm saying. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because it, it could – listen, the best case scenario for the Bears is that they have their head coach in place. And Nick Foles and the and like they take off next week. This offense that's the best because truthfully, it's harder to find a head coach in this league than it is to find a fucking quarterback. Like, look at what Nick Mullins just did in San Francisco. I understand it was against, but coordinators make a big difference. So if we have this thing locked down, and it really has been Mitchell holding this thing back. That's best case scenario. You know what I mean? It's best case scenario that this offense takes off next week with with Nick Foles. Yeah, quick question. Do you think uh, if if Mitch completes that bomb in the second quarter, do you think even with the interception he still gets benched? No, I don't think so. I mean, that, that's if what I'm there's saying. There's no it was, way. 
It was a premeditated yeah. decision. Um, and I know Duke highlighted on this because I want to end with the uh, negative part of the, the podcast. Duke highlighted on this. There's no way that Mitch Trubisky comes back in. I would also be um, thoroughly shocked if Mitch Trubisky came back in, barring an injury. Um, Brandon, I just want to get your take. Do you think Nagy's like, you know, or there might be pressure from upstairs, like, hey, we're going to start Mitch next week. Like, it was just a rough game. Dude, if that happens, we riot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just like, just as long as fun. we're all that's just fun. as long as we're all in agreement. Um. So at the end of the day, Bears are three and zero and ended it in the most Bears fashion possible. Walk off interception. Text. Walk off interception, baby. Sean Gibson comes up big. Um. Danny Trevathan. I, I kind of want to highlight on him because I, I didn't feel like he was as um, much of a liability. I understand. I feel like it might be the positions that he's being put in. To be honest, because I'm seeing him come and make tackles from behind, like in zones and stuff like that. I know this is a, not a popular uh, opinion, but there was one play specifically that's like running through my head where he's in the middle of the field and he has to come down and make the tackle. And I thought he actually made a really nice tackle um, and covered a lot of ground in that play. But I, I just, I'm wondering if he's just not in the best positions right now. That's all I'm asking. Cause it, he does seem to be fast still. Yeah, dude, I uh, I really liked what I saw of Danny Trevathan today. Obviously, the All-22 is going to you know tell the whole story, but I mean, he seemed like he was uh, playing with a little bit more of an edge. Uh, it almost it almost makes me think that like uh, the first two weeks, I think maybe he came in feeling a little too comfortable because you know he's been here this long. It, it it happens with kind of players who have been in a, a, like a similar system their whole career. You know, he just signed a deal. You know, he's prepared to be a Bears linebacker for the next four years. You know what I mean? Like Danny T's very much into that idea. Like he's at home. And when you get a little too comfortable at home, you slip up, you know? So I, 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 I think it kind of maybe drove a little bit of him, of people on Twitter, you know, everywhere, just kind of tearing into him. Cause I, I, it's the pile on effect at this point. You know what I yeah, mean? It's dude. the pile on effect. If something goes wrong in the middle of the field, they're automatically pointing at Danny T. That's what I mean, dude. And I feel he's not the guy, he's not that guy to reply to people like that. You know what I mean? He's very, very kind of calculated with how he talks and what he does. So, I mean, when he hears stuff like that, it's all going in, you know what I mean? It's kind of like with Cleo Mack when, you know, he's liking tweets of people shitting on him. That sh- that just shows, you know, he sees it, you know, he doesn't need to be like an Allen Robinson and, you know, clap back. He claps back on the field. And, uh, you know, I really, I really hope this is the continuing, like the trend that we continue to go on with them. You know, like I said, the all 22 is going to tell the whole story, but I really think in coverage tackling, like, dude, he was laying the wood out there. I mean, I, I, it seemed like Eddie we, Jackson also fucked up Russell Gage. Yes, Just absolutely. destroyed him. Oh my uh, God. He put the boom on him. But no, I actually want to, um, I want to, to continue this positively. I'm going to do a little improv uh, a little improv segment right here. Beat on. I'm going to start it with you. Let's spin zone this. Okay. Obviously, the narrative is going to be the Falcons crumbled. Dan clock management was garbage. We're aggressive throughout the entire game when all they had to do was run a four minute offense. Blah, 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 blah. Let's spin it. Let's spin zone it. Why did the Bears deserve to win this game? Well, it goes to like what I said earlier, you know, they had so many opportunities to put points on the board in this game to where they realistically probably could have scored like 49 or 50 points. I think it was a sloppy game overall. I mean, they are a team that just finds new ways to win week in and week out. Roster number man number one all the way through 53 at no point today felt like they were out of the game. Um, Obviously, 
all of us did. We we're like, oh shit, like this is brutal. Like we're probably going to end up losing this one. Like especially once it got to the fourth quarter, and uh, after the Foles interception, I was like, oh my goodness, like we we cannot get a break. And then too, honestly, like I'm gonna, I'm just going to say it. The amount of calls that didn't go our way or, like, pitter-patter, like, little bullshit calls. Like, the Mario Edwards roughing the passer. I said it when I was on Sports on Chicago at halftime. It's inertia, bro. That guy left his feet already while the pass was being thrown. It's not his fault that Khalil Mack is a little bit quicker, and rightfully so. And, he like, he was already in the air. I, I think that's a, that's a bad call. And then there was just other stuff throughout the afternoon where it's like, Obviously, we know the Miller touchdown in the end zone wasn't a catch. There was other points in the game where, like, for example, the Allen Robinson, that play went under review. It was just a very weird and very, like, Atlanta Falcons-esque game. Like, weird shit happens in Atlanta every time we go there, every time anyone plays them. They can't hold the lead. We, for whatever reason, can't build the lead in a game. I think we're a better team when we're behind and we're a little bit more hungry. And honestly, I mean... The last thing I'll say about it, but I really do think, like, I think Mitch really was late on his progression on that grand pass because he had him earlier and, like, whole different ball game and whole different conversation. But hats off to Nick Foles for coming in in the face of adversity. Literally, like you said, too, Lucas, like, they're not going to just throw everything right at him. They're going to ramp him up. Like, the first few drives, like, a little bit more run heavy. They weren't really taking shots. And then as the game started to progress. Then you saw them driving into the red zone and moving the ball and just being able to succeed on what they were, you know, their game plan was. So again, I don't know if we deserve to win this one, but we definitely, definitely fought till the very last whistle. And for that, you know, we're victorious and we're three and All right. So beat on, um, completely fumbled the whole point of this fucking exercise, but I appreciate it. Cause it, it that I understand that's kind of why I wanted to do it. Spins on it into why the Bears should have won. Obviously, it ended up the, with like your ending sentiment, and that's like something that's going to be echoed throughout the entire fucking process. Is that like the 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 Falcons fumbled it? But I like want to echo what you were saying. They left fourteen points on the board minimum. Uh, one, both actually turned into a turnover. One a turnover on downs. The other one a interception. Horrible calls. Fourteen of the fucking Falcons' actual points came from drives manufactured by penalties strips that got taken away by Khalil Mack. Um, and then the other roughing when they had or whatever. And then on third and uh third and 10, they got another call when Jalen Johnson had the pass break, uh, they had that other call and, um, and dude scampered in the end zone for a full, what was that? Like a 20 yard touchdown. Uh, that was even, not more. even it was like early. 35. Yeah. It was, it was like a 35. joke. That was, was, that was a bad play. And people gave up on that play couple other league notes cowboys are in an absolute wild game right now and the eagles tied the eagles are just very bad football team dk metcalf just got leon led it at the one yard line dude that's what i was literally just gonna say <laughs> and then Dak like, just fumbled it <laughs> this is great all right let's get back to the fucking bears though um i am watching this cowboys game as well duke spin zone it for me you got anything else you want to echo like why the bears deserve to be uh be the champions of this game uh you know i'll I'll give it to him. They never gave up. I'll, I'll give that to him. And honestly, I think, I think more than anything, you know, like beat on said with the penalties, dude, it wasn't even that we were getting called on like, t- like little shit, dude. It was every call that went against us. We had like huge implications of the game. It wasn't, you know, we got called for a holding or, you know, a lame false start or something like that. No, it was like 
every one of them was game changing. Like the touchdown that got reversed, you know, obviously that's not a penalty, but that's ref ball. And then you had, you have the fumble recovery that would have been huge momentum wise for us get called back because, you know, apparently Matt Ryan can't get touched the wrong way. You know, it, it was just every penalty. Yeah. And then like the it thing was just that massive. Me, the thing that bothered me about the calls, it's like, you don't give Tariq Cohen a call when he gets his fucking ACL torn. Um, right before or right after that, um, roughing the passer, I think it was on, who was it dude from, uh, number 97. I want to say it was, I think that's fair. Uh, or are you talking on the bears on the bears? It's Edwards. on the bears. Yeah. Edwards. Yeah. Edwards, Mario Edwards. That's right. Um, he got that, that play called, um, for roughing the passer and it was kind of garbage. Like you said, he was already leaving his feet. And then the next set of downs, like Mitchell Trubisky gets sacked and Dante Fowler jams his fucking head into the dirt. And it's just like, I, I didn't like how they weren't calling both ways, but at the end of the day, the, the bears did come out with a W. Um, I mean, Man, it's 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 weird to feel this bummed out. I'm trying to make this show as positive as possible, but it's weird to feel this bummed out after being three and zero. The Bears haven't been three and zero in how long? You know. Um, at the end of the day, though, like you said, I, I think there's so much that remains to be seen with the Chicago Bears offense. I don't really know what's going on with the defense either. Um, you know, it's it. I understand that the Falcons have been in a ton of shootouts and they can put up points, but there's just so many question marks right now, and I feel like kind of what I echoed before. What is our identity? Will we find an identity with Nick Foles? I hope to God. You know what I mean? Well, and I was going to say, too, like, with the first half, just like, it's it's just our, like, kryptonite, bro. I don't know what it is in the Matt Nagy era, but, like, we always get off to slow starts and make the game way more difficult than it needs to be. But in 2018, as- no, we were really good scoring offense in the first half. Like in 2018, we were we scored on like nine of our first fucking uh, the last uh, two years. The last two years, it's not like so last year and this year has been rough yeah. as hell. Yeah, yeah, but like my thing is right now, you have a three and zero football team. You have a team that has not quit in any single game that they were in. You have a talented bunch. You have a hungry bunch. And you also have two teams right now in our division that are on their way to 0-3. So this is a two-team race for the rest of the season. And realistically, like, at this point, I don't know what the stat says, and I'm not going to say it too early, but I do mean that the Bears are going to the playoffs this year. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, I know I fell flat on my Mitch takes, and my friends were all dogging me, like, all afternoon. It was tough. But at the end of the day, like, we are 3-0. and We have... Uh, 13 more games need to win at least seven of them. At least seven of them will be in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, Mitchell's uh, we, we get it. Like we, we were, like I said, beat on, if anything, you were the least in on Mitch. We just kind of convinced you to be in on Mitch. So we can't yeah. give that's you too much slack that for that. That's the thing that hurt. Bro. I was like, <laughs> I was like, it's kind of like some stupid shit came out of my mouth and we just ran with it. And then I was like, well, I guess I'm in on Mitch now. And, and now three weeks later, it's over. It's as long as someone's meat on the table, like Mitch's meat was fully inside his pants, but Nick Foles did have his meat on the table in those last nine minutes of this game. So <laughs> fuck dude, we're three and oh, like you said, we're going to go to the playoffs. Like it has to happen. You have to have like really crumble, especially cause they added an extra playoff slot. Yeah. And it's like two, they're winning the games that they should win. They should have won these three. They should be able to beat the Colts. But like you said, Lucas, they got to come out and they got to figure it out in the first half and develop some sort of rhythm because to have these kind of issues in week three preseason or no preseason is not acceptable. So 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if uh, if all the Nick Foles stands were right. I, I hope they were because I just want the Bears to win. Yeah, dude. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about, man. It's it's not about being right or wrong. It's about wanting your team to win, you know. And Lucas, I think you I think you really put it on the head, man. It, it is. What is our what is our like? You were you were on offensive identity last week. What's our team identity? Like, what is Matt Nagy's identity? Like, what is what is the head coach that he's trying to portray himself as? You know well, what I mean? Well, he's trying like, to be himself, but I don't think if like I don't know if he knows himself. Uh, that's like, what this I might mean. Be one of those pseudo fucking situations. Like, I I really I'm starting to feel like I mean I, this is year three of Matt Nagy. You know what I mean? And Spider-Man I just, <laughs> yeah, everyone's just pointing at each other. Like, who who, who the fuck are we? But yeah, you're, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, you're good, man. Uh, it, it, that's just the biggest thing, dude. Where it's like, does yeah, we got to remember Matt Nagy wasn't a head coach before here, man. He was he was with Andy Reid. Like he hung out with Andy Reid for years, and you know he probably grabbed some offensive knowledge from that. You know, besides the fact, you know, quarterback, all that. I'm not going to get into his entire resume because whatever. But uh, you know what? What is Matt Nagy as a head coach? Like, is he a legitimate head coach, or has he been gifted a shit ton of talent? You know what I mean? Like, and that's it. Almost makes me kind of like what you know. I look at what as a White Sox fan, I see what. Rick Renteria has with the White Sox right now. He has a shit ton of talent and there are just a lot of mind boggling decisions that go into some of the things that he does. You know, like I said, uh, when we started out winning, uh, winning fixes, everything winning makes a lot of that noise go away. But, uh, I don't know, man. I just really feel like if we hit a bad skid in this season, it's going to end us. You know what I mean? I'm hoping we just avoid that skid. That's the entire thing, man. Like we need to stay strong against division opponents. We need to stay strong against tests in Tampa. I think the Colts, we can't take them lightly either, dude. They have a back in Jonathan Taylor, former Badger. He is, uh, he's been a dog for them so far. Like, and that's where we've been hurting is in the running game. Like Falcons didn't go to Gurley much today, but when they did, he, he put up, he put up yards, you know, uh, that's just the biggest thing, dude. And it just, uh, obviously, dude, I'm all in for the Bears succeeding, and if we keep continue to win, I'm gonna be happy. I don't care who's who's quarterback, head coach, or anything, you know. But I just I want to see how this locker room responds to the situation with Mitch and how all that went down, and I want to see where this team goes. You know, are we are we, like does this team buy into a Nick Foles? Do we run with it, and do we build our like a culture around that? Because you know, I, I I get everyone buys into Matt Nagy, like the players wise, but like, does that continue? Does does he keep that with this team? You know, because that was kind of the idea last year with a lot of people was did some did, you know, Nagy fall out of favor with some players? You know, did they not buy into that whole BU boom and club dub thing still? So it's going to be a continued kind of idea throughout the year. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be the negative guy after you guys were sitting here talking about wanting to go, like going to the playoffs. I just I'm really, really concerned about Matt Nagy right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one thing that's kind of indicative, it's like, if you could boil it down to one or two plays, that's like strictly execution on why the team lost, you'd be like, okay. You know what I mean? And it's like, is Matt Nagy really getting the unfair shake? Cause you look and it's like, well, Allen Robinson got the ball stripped out of his hands. Anthony Miller drops a touchdown. Cairo Santos misses a field goal that would have actually had the game tied and we wouldn't have been in like butthole clenching situation. Um, you know, you have Jimmy Graham, which luckily, like, look at that, look at that play. If we would have, if we would have um, if lost this game, we would have looked at that Jimmy Graham and Anthony Miller succession where Jimmy Graham fumbles, Anthony Miller scoops it up, then fumbles again 
that was a game-changing play. If they get rid of that ball, we are fucked. And, like, I don't want to end. But it's just, like, a lot of things are going wrong, and I think that's indicative to the coach. Um, but, Duke, I see you getting in there. I, I just want to end on a positive note. Even though A-Rob did get his uh, the ball stripped, he did have 10 receptions for 123 yards, 12.3 yards um, a reception, and he had that awesome touchdown. Jimmy Graham, dude, six catches for 60 yards, two touchdowns right now. You do four times what? How many? What's 16 divided by three? Either way, he's on pace for like fucking 30 touchdowns, essentially. That was, um, that was like the greatest like Suedo math problem I've ever heard. My math's terrible. No, but he's on pace for like 22 touchdowns, probably. Um, 30, and 34 then, points. <laughs> Remember the 34 points? I'm not a math guy, dude. I'm not supposed to be an accountant, okay? Uh, and then, then Akeem Hicks sack and a half today as well. So he's on pace to get over 16 sacks for the year. Um, so we are seeing some things. Jimmy Graham, as many people wanted to dog the move, dude, at this point, it's worth every single penny. He truly is our red zone threat. Like he, when we are in goal to go situation, Jimmy Graham is that guy. Um, Anthony Miller had that touchdown. I really like I'm so hot and cold with Anthony Miller, even throughout a game, from game to game, from minute to minute. I'm just like, can we just like figure this out? Really liking what I'm seeing from Darnell Mooney. Uh, I know he had a ball broken up as well. Like Nick Foles wasn't a world beater by any means, but the thing I liked about Nick Foles is that he put the ball up in play a lot more. Um, and I think that'll result in more interceptions in the long run, but he, he put the ball up and that's something that was nice to see. Just people, him just like saying, Hey, fuck it, go up and get it. So legit. Uh, just legit, just to get one point in here. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to look at Foles interception and like against him today, because obviously that Allen Robinson play or whatever. And I don't even really like, obviously it's like, holy shit. How does this happen? Two weeks in a row in a row with Allen. But I think that was an incredible play by the defender there, like legitimately like fighting for that ball with Allen. And he just kind of came up with it at the bottom of it. Uh, but I will leave the interception on that box score because that throw in triple coverage to Jimmy Ooh. Graham that somehow Man. got fucking caught should have been an interception. That play had me damn near ripping my hair. Like it worked awesome. But that play, that was terrifying. One that was play terrifying. Had an opportunity. That ball was in the air. To have four different turnovers, four turnover opportunities in one play, the two yeah. fumbles and there are two guys that should have picked that ball off. Yeah, and that's that's where I really hope all these guys who, you know, because the truthers got destroyed for this type of thing, and you know, but uh, that's where I really hope these guys who are just, just strictly Nick Foles guys, you know what I mean? You know who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about guys supporting Nick Foles. I'm talking guys who are just like eating up everything that he's that he did today. Be objective. Look at plays like that and be a little concerned. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm gonna watch the film. Obviously, I'm sure you guys will too. But like that, there was like a couple situations like that play where it was like, Nick. You know, like I, I yeah, love the that. one where he threw behind Jimmy Graham in the end zone too. That was an easy touchdown. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like, and I could still sit here and say that Nick Foles put his fucking meat on the table. You know what I mean? I can be critical. Meat was out. Exactly. We can be critical, but still fucking enjoy the guy. I just want people to not just sit here and act like, holy shit, like we have the fucking world on our shoulders because Nick Foles like came in and went 29 for 29 because dude, that just wasn't the reality of it. You know what I mean? I'm really, I really liked what I saw though. I want to say that. And I, uh, I'm feeling pretty confident with Nick Foles moving forward. Um, I just like, I like I've already beat to death, dude. It's all about the guy calling the plays and Kyle long had a since deleted tweet. I'm not going to try to throw him too much under the bus, but uh, he was taking some mad naggy shots a little bit earlier too. 
Yeah, quickly, I do want to give a shout out to my brother because he he was mad at me. He thought I had the bears on tap Twitter because he tagged you guys and he said apparently the meat's not leaving the refrigerator today. And that was like right before Nick Foles just went off. So shout out to my brother for that. I will also say too, two and zero with the rally cap. Rally cap came on in the second quarter, did not leave my head, was absolutely drenched, like just a crazy, crazy game. But I just I am excited to see the Nick Foles era. I'm really excited to see what he has with everyone around him and like a week of preparation. That guy just went out there and improved us like essentially a three percent yeah, three possession victory because they didn't get the a three possession comeback victory because they didn't get the two point conversion. So it's like they went off and then too like Anthony Miller again, I know he dropped that pass in a very big spot. But he made made up for it again with another walk-off touchdown. And, like, that's someone who, if we can see a little bit more consistency out of, our offense is going to be unstoppable because Mooney looked great again today. Ted Ginn looked great. And they're continuing to try and build this rushing attack. It just did not have the success we usually see this week. We did see Ted Ginn in his fucking wheelchair just flying around he out there a little bit today. today. He was going quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I really— I, I, Anthony Miller, like someone was trying to say like how great of a catch it was. Any receiver on our team, that was a dime ball. That's one thing Nick Foles too. Nick Foles can take a little bit off of it. You know what I mean? Like I don't think he has a, has a cannon of her an arm by any means, but he could take a little bit off. He really does have a lot more touch and a, a nicer spiral. Like if we're going to really get critique, it just feels kind of nice. Like even as a guy who loves Mitchell Trubisky, it feels kind of refreshing to turn the page. It's almost cleansing. So let's see what Nick Foles can do. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, we're 3-0. and We made the quarterback switch. And, um, I mean, fuck, is there anything else you guys have to add? I mean, dude, to put it to put it, uh, to put put it it straight, man, it's just acceptance of Mitch isn't our guy anymore. Still going to wear his jersey. I still love the guy. I'm going to root for him for wherever he goes after here. But, yeah, man, it, it, I feel like it's Nick Foles' time, man. He put his meat on the table. Yeah, unfortunately, we won't be able to unveil the Put Your Meat on the Table t-shirts, but I think we can tweak them because we already know all the jokes going around about our guy Nick Foles, Mr. BDN. So, again, we cannot stress this enough. 3-0, and enjoy the victory. Have have several you know victory beers, however you get down after a victory. Enjoy this one because tomorrow, I, I'm sure they'll do a little victory Monday, but it's back to work and it's on to Indianapolis. Yes, sir. And on that note, we are Bears on Tap. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. Um, I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46. You also got on Beat on 300, Brandon Suarez and that pod guy, Duke, Duke Coughlin. Um, gentlemen, 3-0 at the end of the day. 3-0 and bear down. Bear down. Bear down, baby. <laughs>